Kia ora, welcome into the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner, back after a little bit of a layoff, to be honest, because the All Blacks have been playing in our time slot this morning on SCNZ. Yeah, no, wonderful to have the Rugby World Cup commentaries. Uh, it's so enjoyable to have that tournament going on. Cricket World Cup just around the horizon as well. Plenty of good Cantabrians involved in both of those teams. How's everyone's week been? Um, fantastic here, based in Christchurch. The weather, well, before it took a turn, but... I mean, let's be honest, the 10 days before that, we had a good three racetrack at Rickerton last Saturday. That tells you everything you need to know about how quickly the area dried up. Um, I hope everybody's been enjoying their time uh, a little bit lighter in the morning, getting out for a nice early walk around the neighbourhoods in the beautiful conditions of spring. The blossoms in Canterbury, the hills, there's still snow um, up there on the ranges and the fresh cut of grass during spring, it really has been one of those marvellous times to be in the region. So I hope everybody's uh, well and, and looking forward to a, a show here. We're going to catch up with a few legendary Cantabrians, actually, because, well, it's busy weekend. Very busy weekend, headlined by a triple header just across the road from me here at Apollo Projects Stadium. We have got a fantastic initiative, Fair Play to Canterbury Rugby. Uh, they took that game out to Rangiora, and now they've got a triple header. Mid-Canterbury versus the... Well, dominant South Canterbury. Tasman versus Canterbury proper in the MPC. And then Buller, West Coast, one of the greatest rivalries in sport to finish the night off. Marvellous. And Manasa Mata'eli's coming up in just a wee bit to talk about that. Then Donnie Bell, who is commentating, by the by, uh, both those Heartland Championship games. Uh, we're going to change tack from rugby and we're going to talk running. Actually, Chris Tobin, he's a journalist um, based down in Timaru. The road relay race that famously was run between the sign of the Take that we know so well to Akaroa, well, it wasn't last year because of a bit of a, a road safety concern, and it's not again this year. It's out to Lowburn, which is interesting, probably a little bit controversial, but Chris gives some good perspective on that. He's got a, a good history in running himself. He has covered the sport many a year, and... Um, he's even a bit of a runner, well was so we'll talk to Chris Tobin uh, a little bit later on and Will Evans our man everything rugby league here in Canterbury where did it go wrong for the Bulls we'll talk about that with Will and we'll also find out what sort of Kiwi influence we have in this Warriors-Broncos game tonight, up the Waz Do you know, does anybody else feel like saying up the Waz like that, it's almost uncomfortable to say now because everyone else is saying it, it's like it's almost like oversaturation or is that just me, no we just keep saying it up the Waz, up the Waz, up the Waz well, there you go. Three times for good luck. Will Evans talking all things Warriors. That's uh, plenty to plenty to get to, um, as we say, throughout the, the show today. Enterprise, the recruitment company, improving people's lives for 50 years. Uh, very privileged to have them on board, as always. So good to be back on the Canterbury Sports Corner. Let's rip in. Well, it's a festival of rugby uh, here in Christchurch later on, because in, under the Crusaders region, obviously, we've got Heartland Championship teams, NPC teams, and they're all playing at Apollo Project Stadium a little bit later on. This is such a great initiative by Canterbury Rugby, and honestly, I think you'll find that lots of people will get down <laughs> praying that this weather isn't too bad. Uh, right now, I'm going to catch up with Manasa Mata'eli, who has been playing uh, superbly on the wing for, for Canterbury for a wee while now. To be honest, he's um, been around the blocks, and Manasa, I, I imagine you, you probably haven't played with four other Heartland teams on the same day before, so this is pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, definitely special, especially two more games for that. So definitely be keen to, because after us, I think there's another game. So definitely going to watch that for sure. 
Yeah, man, you got the you got. You got the West Coast Derby. You want to see what feelings like West Coast Buller? Yeah. I mean that that's the that's the real stuff for sure. So for you guys, Tasman. Now this is a another um, rivalry and derby that that means a lot. But especially when you look at the the stakes of the season, mate, because you guys are, are both right there and trying to finish in a, a top position to be able to to move through the playoffs. So um, how much focus has Marty put on that, and and how much are you guys looking to wind up into the the postseason now and trying to really put it together? Yeah, definitely. Like it's coming to the back end of the season, and we uh, we had a, a few close games in the last two three weeks, and uh, we kind of just talked about it and just trying to get better. Really, you know, come playoffs, you know, you can't make um, you know easy mis- uh, simple mistakes that will cost us the game. Like the last couple of weeks, especially like a team like Tasman, uh, you know, we both uh, Crusader teams, you know, Crusader region. So for us, it's um, going at the end and getting one up against them, to be honest. Now, in previous years, and with the Crusaders as well, we've, we've been guilty uh, of Canterbury, uh, I've realised, of uh, starting slow. I don't know why that is, but it happens to good teams sometimes. You can just take a while to amble into the game. Is, has that been something you've talked about at all? Yeah, 100%. Like I said, you know, you can't afford to start play, come play off time. So that's just one thing we're trying to work on and build it on to the back of the season. So that's definitely been a big thing to work on so what does that look like technically for players? I mean, you obviously all have your different pre-game routines, but when the whistle goes, I mean, are you you trying to uh, well decrease the error rate in the first 10 minutes? Everybody, like, make some big impact tackles, get over the gain line? Yeah, I guess, you know, everyone individually. Um, just We've talked about this week, it's just having that individual accountability and what that looks like for us and, and like you talked about big tackles that's you know from the Lucy's from the guys on the inside just getting up off the line and making some big hits and slowly just getting that, get us into the game that way um, definitely you know it's just one thing we've been working on so, Tasman, there'll be lots of guys that you know very well. They're outside backs. I mean, they're young, they're full of vigour and they're fast. So, for you, what key key roles are you looking to do to minimise them, especially when they've got ball in hand? So, defensively, what's your assignment this week and how are you going to make it work? Uh, for us, it's probably just taking their time and space. You know, with, with speedy uh, outside backs, you know, you don't want to give them a lot of space. So, for us, as, as opposition, uh, we just want to up there and take, take that time and space away from them. Yep, makes perfect sense. Have, have, have there been, uh, I know that the game up in um, uh, South Auckland there against Counties, it kind of, the, the way that they finished over top of you, I mean, watching it, it almost felt like I was a bit of a stunned mullet, you know, it kind of all just happened at once. Did, did it did it feel a bit like that? Were you, were you a bit stunned? Could you kind of, you could see what was happening, but you couldn't stop it almost? Yeah, like you know, I, I was I was here back in uh, Christchurch. Was definitely watching the game, and I, you know, I was more of a, a frustrating game to watch. I guess as as when you're watching, but we mm. talked to the guys that were played. They yes, they were stunned, but more so really frustrated. Anyhow, you know, we we let ourselves down with, with four mistakes and, and execute a skill a skill errors that kind of let them back into the game. Um, yeah, it's just for us. You know, that's not good enough, so we've got to get better in that situation. Hey, Manasa, can I just ask you, um, with this season in particular, you took the game out to Rangura 
you've got the the Heartland Championship games there this weekend. How much of a focus has it been for Canterbury connecting with your community? And I know it's been important for you guys forever. But like rugby's going through a, an interesting period at the moment, and there's lots of noise and about where the game is at. Connecting with your fans and and the the clubbies and the Heartland sides. Have you noticed a bit more of a focus on that? And have you noticed the response from the Cantabrians that follow the side as well? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, when we played um, Taranaki up in Rangiora, it was, it was pretty amazing to see the people that came out to, to watch. You know, the uh, LSMEA versus North Cambridge before that, and even us after that. Just the fans was just for us as players. It's just amazing to see and the support that we got. Um, and even you know, hoping we get the same outcome, you know, with, with fans coming out to support um, Canterbury as a region and, and, and both Heartland team as well. But yeah, definitely a big focus for us, you know, as Canterbury, uh, Marty has put a big emphasis throughout the season, you know, we've got to really get back to our community. And, and however that is, like taking the game out that way, and we're doing a lot of promo stuff as well, uh, going yeah. to, to out of schools and stuff like that. It's kind of, Oh, I think it's so important and it's also so commendable. And, and look, you, you would know this with your Fijian heritage, right? Like the, the fanatical nature and, and how important it is to use that for a rugby side, for like feed off it. It goes both ways, doesn't it? 100%, you know, and we can't do it alone. You know, it's, to be honest, it's pretty, pretty when you're playing and for us, you know, we definitely get amped up, you know, when we see people come out to watch and not just us, but we're trying to, I guess in a way, be good role models for, for the future, for the younger players to come and, and trying to pave the way for them to come. Yeah, amazing, mate. And um, Monday morning, Wales, Australia, for a chance for Fiji to go through. Um, you, you're, probably, you're probably Welsh for the morning, are you? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Oh, it'll, it, look, that, that's incredible, and, and just seeing these yeah. these tier two nations, what, what they're doing up there in the World Cup. I mean, yeah. it must be it must be really quite inspiring. Yeah, definitely, yeah. especially not just you know, I guess not Fiji, but maybe Samoan time as well. Samoans taking a good chance as well of getting out of their pool, but you know, time will tell. But they've got a good team, so hopefully they pull out a bit um, of the hat. Absolutely. Hey, um, really, really appreciate it, mate. Great to chat to you. Uh, all, all the best for Tasman. I think it's going to be a wonderful day, just praying for that weather. And um, hopefully there's just three cracking games of footy and you can keep connecting with your fans. So it's been brilliant, mate. All the best. Yeah, awesome. Cheers. Thanks, team. Well, there's nobody that's more invested in code footy rugby today than our friend Donnie Bell. Uh, it's a huge day for, well, the whole... Crusaders region, really, the Garden City, three games back-to-back-to-back. And in amongst that, uh, of course, the MPC Canterbury-Tasman game. But probably more importantly, I think, it's about Heartland footy today. A couple of derbies, a couple of classics. And we get to watch the best Heartland team maybe, well, in a very, very, very long time go around as well, South Canterbury. So enjoy that greatness while you're there. Donnie Bell's with me on the line now, mate. This is fantastic. You must just be like a kid on Chris- at Christmas. Yep, kid in the candy store, kid uh, the night before Christmas. Um, uh, eagerly anticipating this and just simply cannot wait to see what is going to be three mouthwatering clashes 
the heartland of the South Island and then two of the top South Island rugby sites in the Bunnings NPC as well. So it is three games, six teams, all South Island orientated here in the Garden City. The first triple header that has been played uh, in these two competitions at one singular stadium. And yeah, just can't wait, rearing to go as a many, a um, lot of proud families and uh, a lot of very proud, um, obviously, players out there who get that opportunity to play here at the stadium, especially for those Heartland guys. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it. There's going to be it's it's really a day for the communities, for the families, for the friends, and I hope um, people stick around and, and try and take in as much of it as possible. It's a long day. It'll be a long day for you, Donny, but I know you'll you'll be up to it. And we start with South Canterbury and uh, Mid Canterbury, and look. Like, I think we're probably getting to the stage for South Canterbury if we haven't got there already. We just need to start appreciating greatness. I don't know how many more times we'll see this. I don't know when it's going to stop. They've got a will to win. They've got a great culture, and it's pretty special what Nigel Walsh's side's doing. Nigel Walsh is a fantastic coach and uh, had the pleasure of meeting Nigel as well, a lovely guy. And What South Canterbury has done is simply magnificent. You know, the fact they haven't been beaten now in several years is quite phenomenal. This year played 6-1-6. So I had the pleasure of commentating a few of their games last year and having the South Canterbury-Mid-Canterbury clash. And Mid-Canterbury is a team that never lies down and gives their guts and they'll certainly go in with some belief in that game that they can compete and can potentially take this game. So for South Canterbury, though, what they've done and achieved, their confidence, their skill set, um, their community well and truly behind them, they are the team to beat in this competition and they win week in and week out. And we've got to sit back and admire this because this is a term that we'll be telling our grandkids about uh, for sure. We'll look back on this era and we just need to appreciate it rather than people saying, oh, look, they keep winning all the time if you're from outside the region. You've just got to sit back and go, wow, this is the team to beat. And the team that does beat them will never forget it, I'm sure. Oh, I totally agree. I think you've you summed that up beautifully, Donny. And, and the, I guess the other underrated fact out of this game is it's a hand and shield game as well, which is going to bring. Um, well, uh, people might not uh, might not be aware about this, but it's uh, one of the most prized pieces of. Well, I guess it's not quite silverware. It's shield um, in New Zealand rugby. Really, it means a hell of a lot to both sides, doesn't it? Yeah, both sides will be playing. There'll be a lot of it'll be a heartfelt match. It is a local derby, as they state, state against state, mate against mate, or as we would call it, region against region. Um, it is the neighbours, of course, the Ashburton region, Timaru region there, and um, there'll be absolutely no love lost. They want to take the shield home and they want to celebrate it. And it has been around an awfully long time, so. There's plenty on the line in this one coming up to the Garden City for the two respective sides, and a very special game. You don't want to be, uh, you, you don't want to lose to your neighbours, and a lot of these guys will know um, their opposition. They'll be friends, some of them perhaps even you know wider family members. So, yeah, a lot on the line this coming Saturday at two o five for that first game. The the game that's I guess going to be the main course is uh, well you you can you can spin this whatever way you like really with three games but the fact that Buller West Coast is the last game is very interesting and it's interesting for West Coast because for them 
they are still definitely a chance um, to make the the playoffs. They are right there or thereabouts. They could use the points now or never really in a congested middle part of the table there. Uh, Buller have, well, they didn't have the, the world's best start to the season, but you know, they've put it together, so who knows? Maybe they can get a roll on. Now, this is a ripper, and when you talk about feeling and when you talk about um, tribalism and, and mate versus mate, state versus state, nothing, nothing can compare to West Coast Buller, I don't think. It can't, and I've, I've had the pleasure of, I was born in Greymouth, so I've grown up as a kid, as a young boy, a young avid rugby fan, as you can imagine, going to... John Sturgeon Park, formerly known as Rugby Park, and watching these games over the years, being brought down by my dad, given a soft drink and some chips, sitting there watching these games, learning my rugby from watching, being obviously from there. So I've grown up with this. This is the 226 Rundle Cup match. Obviously, I haven't been to 226 games, but... This is huge for the West Coast looking to slip inside that top eight and uh, go even further. They won in the last minute in the Golden Point win against Mid-Canterbury, ironically 32-29 at John Sturgeon Park. So that was a big win for them. Seventh Buller hate losing to the West Coast and uh, don't have a bad record. Uh, they, uh, They have beaten the coast in the past, certainly over the years. And they want to avoid the wooden spoon. Nobody wants the wooden spoon. And they won last weekend in some style, 27-20 over Wide Bush, and played some great rugby. And they're, they're not a bad side when you look at them on paper. But at the same time, West Coast have got this wonderful opportunity. Um, they've played six, they've won three, and they they definitely uh, want to be inside the top eight. Having not won a game last year, um, and losing very narrowly, unluckily for them last year, they have uh, proven they're there to fight and there to compete, having won half of their games already this year. And it's no love lost between the West Coast and Buller. And it is a, a, yet again another tradition like the brilliant South Canterbury, Mid-Canterbury, where there's plenty on the, on the line. And Mid-Canterbury sitting in eighth, just going back to them really quickly as well, they have an opportunity to qualify when you've got the Meads Cup, the top four teams going through there, and the Little War Cup, fourth to eighth going through. So there's plenty to play for, but West Coast Buller will be a fantastic game at 7.05pm. Um, both teams, I know for a fact, uh absolutely thriving and just ready to go for this one. And you'll hear Donnie's call on Sky Sport, which we uh, we can't wait, Donnie, mate. You're going to do a fantastic job. Before we let you go, you're ground announcing the Canterbury game. Do you have a tip? I mean, Canterbury need to get their their act together, I think, if they want to make a serious run and try and stop Wellington at some stage, who are the form team in the comp. Uh, this will be a brilliant game. Do you have a tip for us, Tasman-Canterbury? Yes, I think Canterbury's going to edge it. It will be an incredibly hard-fought game. Um, But Canterbury, we saw at the back end of the Southland game, they were starting to click. They have been in a little bit of struggle street, of course, on Storm Week there, having a couple of losses back-to-back. They're in second place, Tasman in third. There's a point between them on 31 and 30 respective points. It could go either way. I'm picking Canterbury to do it. I'm thinking Canterbury by five in this round eight game, but this this game will be incredible. There are so many star players, star-studded lineups for Canterbury and the Tasman Marco, 
And to be honest, what a game, breaking up the two Heartland games in between. The Neighbours, it's Crusaders, Country Rugby, all of these teams. And I'm expecting quality footy and a lot of running footy, even if it is a bit wet and cold. Don't be afraid to come down. Make sure you're getting your tickets on Ticketek, box office tickets available at the ground as well. But... Yeah, it's worth getting down for this one, this Bunnington PC uh, round eight game, as I mentioned. I mean, it's second v third, so this is deciding uh, potentially who's getting those um, home finals or home semi-finals. As I say, they're all chasing Wellington at the moment, but that's going to be well worth it as well. So when you look at it, uh, there's three games and it's going to be highly competitive rugby. Totally agree, Donny. You enjoy the day, mate. We certainly will. I will, mate. Yeah, can't wait. And, uh, yeah, definitely get down to the Apollo Project Stadium in Addington if you don't have too much on it. I know three games is a big ask, but just manage what you can. And uh, hopefully we see a lot of people down for what is a pretty epic day with this triple header. Cannot wait for the day of footy ahead. Again, thank you to Donnie Bell. Right, let's change it up. Let's talk some running. Well, I picked up a fascinating a fascinating story this week that came up on Stuff, and it actually, uh, it, well, it's very relevant to us here at the Canterbury Sports Corner because it's about an iconic event that many of you will be extremely familiar with, and of course that is the New Zealand Road Relay Running Championships. And for a long period of time, a very long period of time, 82 years to be exact, that race had been run from the sign of the Takahe, which we're so familiar with, uh, to Akaroa, which we're also so familiar with. Now, last year there was a bit of a controversy around uh, regional road managements, and, and they didn't manage to get that sorted, and it was a bit of a, a flurry, I understand it, to get out to uh, Bottle Lake Forest. Now, this time around, it's not going to be up on the hill again, and I was very curious about the story, and uh, the gentleman that did the reporting here for stuff is Chris Tobin. He's a, a wonderful journalist, and I'm lucky to have him joining the show this morning for a, a chat about Chris, which I think is a, a pretty neat an interesting little story that uh, it's a, an event and I think this carries a lot of history. So thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Not a problem, Lewis. Happy to be here. Now, how did you come across this? Uh, when, when, maybe even just give us your, your backstory with this event and give us a bit of context about how much it's meant to the Canterbury region for a long period of time. Yeah, I have to point out first, Lewis, it's a relay, so it's not the road championship. Um, the New Zealand Road Relay is being held this year, and, and they do hold it um, periodically on that Takayaka River course, but it is really a Canterbury event. It's been run every year by the Canterbury, Canterbury Athletics or Canterbury Amateur Athletic Association, as it once was previously. Um, yeah, so it's, a, it's a very much an iconic running event. It's got a huge history um, Literally thousands of Canterbury people would have taken part over the years. It goes all the way back to 1935 when a journalist, Philip Hewland, who worked for the press, originated the idea. Uh, I think he used to tramp between Christchurch and Akaroa and he thought it'd be a wonderful idea to have a relay. And therefore, he went ahead and established it. It started, I think, 1935. Some of the course was then over cross country, um, shingle roads. It was only a shingle road large part of the journey to Akaroa and it evolved and grew from there. Um, so that, that's basically the background to it. My involvement, um, well, I come from Timaru. Um, I was a Harrier with the Timaru Harrier Club and I was part of the teams that competed in the 1980s. 
um, which was a high point, I think, for the relay and a high point for running in those, it, it, really, it, in terms of the history of sport. Um, and it was a, a very much a, an event with uh, a lot of character because um, it brought together runners of all abilities, well, both genders, um, and teams were, you know, you, to, you might have a brilliant individual runner, but you were only as strong as the, the weakest link sort of thing. So there's an enormous camaraderie between the runners and the teams, and, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a great event. Um, part of that was, uh, for example, you know, you used to just, the three the pubs along the way and people used to dash in there and might have a beer or something at the week's week or <laughs> or Dover Show and things like that. So a lot of those sorts of things were part of it. It was a competitive aspect certainly, but it was uh, the camaraderie as well, I think. It's it sounds like a, a really unique event and especially back in the early days it it would have been a, a hell of a lot of fun. Um how competitive was it in the eighties, you know, like we've got a rich history well, in running that, I'm not I think one of the, the, the keys to it was that um, they hand, it was run on a handicap basis. So you had the elites, you know, athletes and all the rest of it, but it was the ordinary runner had a chance too because they'd have an A, B, C grade and be run on a handicap basis. So everyone had a go. You know, the C grade could be to the person, um, You know, that was an incentive for them. It'd be the number one team in the C grade. That was a great thing too. And, it was women's grades. The women started, I think it was in the, uh, well, the first women ran in 1973 and the women's competition as such began in 1977. So there were all these aspects to it as well, so, which made it interesting not just for the elite but also for the ordinary runner. Chris, how frustrating and frustrated were participants last year when the course wasn't able to be used and there was a bit of a mad rush to find another course and and do you think it was the assumption for a lot of people that it would be back up on the hill this this time around i can't really comment on that because i, I have to admit i haven't been deeply involved in the sport in recent years um there will be frustration and disappointment however um reality has to be um, taken into account I don't know the extent of the risk involved in running the relay. Um, I know, for example, I'm based in Samaru, we used to have a Timaru um, Waimati relay, which went for many years, on State Highway 1. Um, there were safety concerns, and safety concerns basically ended that relay. And, and this, to be honest, running towards traffic that's coming at you at 100 kilometres an hour is, is not a very comfortable feeling. So that one was ditched, and then they went around what was called around the gorges, which was at the back of Timaru, um, from Timaru, then around the back of Timaru, and then back to Timaru. Again, that one um, folded. Uh, I think it was safety aspects again, but also the cost of running it, because in recent years there are huge costs involved in having road management plans. And it's become incredibly complex compared to what it would have been back in 1935 when there was little traffic, wasn't uh, you know the population was so much uh, smaller and easier to run these events today it's a lot more complicated. I can understand it from both sides. Um, you know my feeling would be yeah let's continue, but reality has to be taken into account. 
So the new relay course is uh, going to start and finish at the Lowburn Domain out in Rangiora. It's a, it's a place that I've played a, a lot of rugby at. I'm very familiar with the area. It's a beautiful area. It, it's just going to be different. But, I mean, what, what do Athletics Canterbury think here? Are they conf, you know, com, confident and comfortable that they're going to be able to put on a, an event that they can be highly proud of? You'd have to ask them, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, that they'll be doing their best. I, I think they, excuse me, they'll be <clears throat> comfortable with what they're, they're doing. You know, it's, uh, and good luck to them, you know, I say, because it's great that they're continuing. You know, there's uh, a huge amount of work is involved in putting on a relay, and it's probably good to comment on those who have made a major contribution in the past, you know. Um, for example, a guy like Bob Perry, he ran the Taki Akira for 36 times. That's incredible. Wow. He was the race director for 13 years, so he was just one person. And there are others. Recently, Daniel Reese died as well, not an official. Um, Pat Boland, you know, he made a major contribution. Clary Gordon, he's the man who made the batons from I think it was 1946 to 1992. You know, that was a massive contribution from these people. And I think that they really, they just be happy. I think they'd be happy just to see a form of the relay continuing as it is. And again, I go back to what I said earlier, reality has to be based. And I think the new relay will have its own character, over, which will develop over the years. And... Um, yeah, I just think it's good that a relay is actually continuing. It, it's a really neat piece you, you've uh, written here about it. And I, one of the details I loved was one race tradition was for the runner in the fastest team in the last lap into Akaroa to carry a message from the Mayor of Christchurch to the Mayor of Akaroa and a baton. So, I mean, this is a different time altogether, and I take your point that things change and the populations change, but, and again, your, your other point that you're glad it's happening, I, I totally agree. I, I think it's a, a special event, and it's great to reflect. Hey, you said you're based down there in uh, Timaru. I mean, South Canterbury, wow, what a, what a history there with running throughout the years. It, it must be quite a, um, a proud region when we talk about this sport in particular. Well, it was certainly going back in time, going back to the 1930s. Jack Lovelock, the Olympic 1500-metre champion in 1936, he's strongly associated with the town. And then there was Pat Foote. Uh, and uh, Richard Taylor, um, you know, they're outstanding athletes. Um, they left the legacy, particularly by Primary Boys High School. Um, but it's not just running either, I guess. Let's face it, Tom Walsh, he comes from somewhere Yes. Again, he plays an old boy at Tommy Boys High School. So, yes, it's a strong, it's a strong sporting town. Um, go on to another sports site, for example. Again, that's been very strong over the years. And what about the South Canterbury Heartland side at the moment, Chris, rattling off one of the greatest winning yeah, streaks in New Zealand sport history? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tremendous effort. Yes, it's great to see. Um, yeah, they've had some excellent footballers over the years, and South Canterbury's won the Ranfordy Shield twice, which is quite an achievement, and also defeated teams such as Australia and France. So, you know, it's, it's quite a history. Oh, look, it's been fantastic to, to catch up with you, Chris, and as I said, I thought it was an interesting story that popped up during the week, and uh, obviously being the Canterbury Sports Corner, we, we want to talk to lots of different Cantabrians from up and down the region, so it's been great to talk, and I, I, I totally echo your sentiment. I'm just 
I'm glad that they've managed to get the relay, you know, happening again. And it is going to be different, but it's a, I can attest it's a beautiful part of the region and it's south out in Loban. So fair play to them, and I really do appreciate your time. No problem. Okay, Lola. Thank you. Uh, Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life, proud supporters of community sport across Christchurch. As we know, check out our modern home plans and show home locations at tridenthomes.nz. And Will Evans is everything rugby league in Canterbury and Christchurch. Uh, he follows the game at all levels very, very closely, including the Warriors, which we'll get to in a wee bit. Uh, Will, uh, morning to you. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. It's It's been a while, mate, since we've caught up. And uh, since we last caught up, well, we, we know that the club rugby league season finished here, but we had the representative season, but um, unfortunately for our SCNZ Canterbury Bulls, probably not the sort of result we're after. Yeah, that's right, mate. It's been a funny old campaign for the Bulls. Certainly results-wise has not gone according to plan. Obviously a, a tough draw to start off with, with uh, having Counties Monaco and, uh, and the Auckland Balkans down here in our first two games and pretty heavy defeats. Uh, certainly... Um, a fair bit to work on defensively from, from those two games, obviously 44-0 um, against the Stingrays and then and then yeah, like the half century against the Vulcans. Uh, got a little bit better against Otago Whalers down there under the roof in Dunedin last weekend, but still not quite good enough. And uh, yeah, Otago a bit of a rising force. They have beaten us in the last couple of years up here famously. Uh, but you would have hoped Canterbury would have got the job done to to uh, jag that last semi-final spot, but unfortunately not. Otago, sensational uh, display, but Bulls, um, yeah, again, disappointing and going down uh, to the Whalers, who put 36 points on us. So, um, again, that work on the other side of the ball, just not up to standard. And uh, the Bulls, unfortunately, now uh, pitch themselves into a relegation match against Waikato up in uh, Auckland next Sunday. So... Uh, certainly a long way uh, from from where we were last year, competing in a final against uh, the Falcons up at North Harbour Stadium. Um, yeah, just a disappointing campaign for Chid Laurie's team. Well, hopefully they can rally for that game against Waikato, at least stay up and then work it out from there. I'm sure there'll be a big review about maybe was there fatigue at play or or whatever it was that's, um, yeah, just the, the preparation's obviously just not gone to plan. So for whatever reason, I'm sure we'll look into that, Will. I guess... It's a really bright time for rugby league at the moment. We spoke to Greg Peters with uh, on, on Smithy's show during the week just about is rugby league almost a sleeping giant here in New Zealand because, or is this more about the Warriors and the NRL brand and the luster of that? I'd be interested to know your take because you're out of the hubbub of Auckland and the, the populated area. Is this about rugby league, this Warriors hype, or is this about the Warriors, this this brand and this the faithful fan, or is it a mixture of both? Oh, look, I think it feeds into each other. There's a you know there is a really hardcore uh, band of, of rugby league followers and and participants down here and across the country. I think it's just when you get a um, a watershed event like the Warriors season that we're having particularly after COVID and the last few years, the disruption of that, you know, from grassroots right up to the elite level. When you get something like what the Warriors have done this year, it just electrifies everything. Obviously, we haven't had a hell of a lot of um, international footy, so we haven't been able to sort of uh, to, to uh, pin our hopes on the Kiwis that much. Obviously, at the World Cup last year, but that was, you know, uh, overseas. We haven't seen them play on home soil. So, you know, the Warriors being back in New Zealand, having this uh, incredible season that we don't see very often from them, even at the best of times, 
um, has just sort of energised the entire community and it's got, um, you know, got people interested, more interested in rugby league again, just the people that I guess aren't usually, uh, aren't usually getting amongst it. They're all over it and um, yeah, I think, you know, it's, we're all the better for it. Everyone is um, all on board with rugby league and it's fantastic to see. Yeah, it's a, it's a real groundswell, I think, and now it's about bottling it and making sure we can capitalise on that, whether it's a channeled into this World Cup bid or whatever it might be. I think it'll be interesting to see the internationals later on this year. Uh, on the prelim uh, later on, we um, I think the, the, the betting line of 10.5, I think, is disrespectful to the Warriors. I think the Broncos are obviously favourites, but I do get a bit of a sense that there might be a little bit of oh, it's cute, you know, it's a cute thing coming from Australia, like, oh, yeah, up the waz, like, it's nice to be involved, but, you know, how serious are we taking them as a, as a grand final contender, which I would be weary about from their perspective. Like, they're going into this game with a genuine chance to win, in my opinion, yeah. Will. What do, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we finished top four. We deserve to be in a prelim. You know, anything less would have been a disappointment. Definitely underdogs. Um, there's a few reasons why I'm heading into tonight particularly confident like obviously it's going to be a tough ask we need something special but it's certainly doable um finals experience only two broncos have been uh past week one of the finals before which is quite an incredible stat we've got seven players the warriors have got seven players that have played in the prelim and six of them won one and went on to play in a grand final so that's a huge huge advantage uh the suncorp stadium factor the warriors have had some great wins over the broncos there the kiwis particularly four of their last five tests against Australia. They've won at Suncorp, so they've had some great victories wow. there. Always a, a massive crowd, massive Kiwi contingent. I was um, there, actually, for all five of those uh, last tests. And uh, i tell you what, the, the Kiwis get behind it there. Um, they're not going to have it all their way, own way, the Broncos, with crowd support, uh, that's for sure. And I think that fact that we do deserve to be here, I mean, we've played only four preliminary finals in our history. The first one, obviously, were minor premiers in 2 since then, 03, we, we were six and went on a bit of a run. Uh, 08, went on a, an amazing run from eight. And then uh, 2011, all the way to the grand final from six. But we finished fourth. Um, this is where we're meant to be. And, you know, we, we, we um, just need to, to play our best footy that we've seen uh, throughout the year to uh, really rattle the Broncos, who I don't think have been tested for some time. No, it's, it's such a good point, the Suncorp factor. Hey, um, Brent, Brent Tate said to us that he thinks it's like this will be another version of State of Origin. It'll be one of those crowds that it's not just your regular run-of-the-mill NRL crowd. There'll be like a different atmosphere in there, especially with the New Zealand contingent. They'll make themselves heard. So the, the, like the, the atmosphere in the building will go a long way to deciding it if it gets close. I just, I just have this weird feeling that, that Webster's team are, are going to go in there and lift to the occasion. And I can't wait. Are there any, are there any New Z- uh, Christchurch, Canterbury tie-ins to this game? I feel like there, there would be a couple, would there? Uh, well, Jazz Tavanga obviously played for Burnham Chevaliers in, um, in, in the local competition as, as a young fella. That's probably the closest we've got to a, to a Canterbury uh, tie-in to this game. And Jordan Ricky, of course, playing in the back row for uh, Brisbane. Yes. He's uh, doing great things there. So Hornby Panthers product. Uh, and a genuine Canterbury junior represented junior Kiwis and, and age group teams from here. So um, obviously we're very proud of him here. Uh, I think the majority of us will be hoping that he's on the losing team uh, tonight, though, uh, Jordan. But 
Yeah, it's, it's just going to be great. I can't can't wait to see the atmosphere that you know the fans travelling from here, all the Brisbane-based uh, Kiwis create. Uh, Origin, I've been there for plenty of Origins, and it's, it's like nothing else. But um, yeah, it's not going to be like that for the Broncos. Or, you know, the Queensland get that um, unanimous support just about. It's it's going to be a nice split, and I think the Warriors are going to feel quite at home there. Right. Well, um, best to last. Like you're, you're an outstanding journalist. You, you follow code as close to anyone I know, and you do your homework. But the, your real calling and skill set in life is half forward football for the Eastern Blues. Hands out in front. You know, marks off the chest, hangers, just drop punt as sweet as a cherry, and. It's a, I'll just I'll be honest, mate. It is an honour to be named in the half forward line alongside you to take on the, the Bulldogs this weekend for the Eastern Blues. It's it's probably I'm just trying to weigh it up as a career highlight. Is it is it kind of can I compare it to be, being on moot, on on track for Winx's fourth Cox Plate? It's probably just below that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a pleasure, but getting out there with you uh, today, mate. But I'm more uh, hanging around in, in the pocket, just looking for crumbs and trying to uh, bend a sneaky goal or two through. Um, you can do all the the tough work for for the Blues today, mate. I think uh, that that'll uh, see us through to victory. But yeah, can't wait. Get some of that nervous energy for the Warriors game. Um, <laughs> take that out on the field. Oh, that's right. If we, um, that, that's exactly right, mate. We won't have to worry about the game. It won't be enough time. We'll just be talking footy all day long. Um, Will, great to chat, man. Appreciate it as always. Uh, pleasure, mate. Thanks very much. Well, there you have it, folks. Another Canterbury Sports Corner done. Thanks to Enterprise Recruitment. And, oh, actually, thank you to our guests. Fantastic. Good variety today, Jacob. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Manasa Mata'ili. We've got this massive day across the road, Apollo Projects. Just hope that it gets, um, it's not too cold for everyone, and even if it is, just brave it. You're not going to get three games of footy like this that represent the Crusaders region um, very often. Or maybe you will. Maybe Canterbury Rugby and Tony Smale's team will look at this and say, what a success. Donny Bell will be there, we know that. Will Evans, he's going to be all up the wires tonight. And Chris Tobin, of course, uh, journalist there with Stuff, who had that interesting article about the relay race for running race uh, around Canterbury with Canterbury Athletics. So... Plenty to digest there, plenty to come throughout the morning. The mail run, I'm back up after this, talking all things racing. Clado and Andrew Scott during the day on SCNZ. And I suppose you'll want to know, who's my Wizard of the Week? Who's my Cantabrian of the Week? I thought long and hard about it, and I couldn't come up with one. And then I thought harder, and then I decided... It had to be Jazz Tavanga. We need it to be something to do with the Warriors. We need a tie to Canterbury. If it's Jazz, it's Jazz. The junkyard dog, as Darcy Watergrave used to call him. Uh, he's a warrior, true and through and through. He's a true warrior as well. He's had lots of injuries, but he is, in essence, what the Warriors are. Can we make Andrew Webster an honorary Cantabrian of the week? Well, we certainly will if he gets the job done. Wonderful show. Thanks to Jacob. Thanks to all the guests. We'll be back again, hopefully, very soon on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner.